Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Hey mamas, if you're finding yourself needing to educate your kids at home for a while unexpectedly, I get that you might be in a little bit of shock. It's really overwhelming. And I think a lot of that overwhelm comes from the idea that just a day ago, we had a very predictable schedule in place and knew what we were good at. You know, we knew we were good at being a parent. We knew we were good at our job. We understood our current roles. We had a routine going and now the routine is gone. The schedule is gone and we're handed yet another role that we're really unfamiliar with the role of teacher. Not knowing how to formally teach our kids can make us feel like we're really bad at that, or we're just going to fail at it because we don't have formal teacher training. And those are both really unsettling feelings. The overwhelm is so real for so many people right now, myself included. Please know that you're not alone in these feelings, that they're completely valid, and that there are many, many people out there who understand because they feel like they too are in a very similar place. And there are those of us who have been doing this work at home mom gig or homeschool gig for a while who want to help you rise up and find your confidence and move through this overwhelming time feeling understood, resourced, and supported. We are here for you and we're so happy to extend our hand out to our sisters and help them during this time. So many of us are searching for coping mechanisms among all of the heightened emotions. We're experiencing, you know, the need for humor, we're frustrated, we're unhappy, we're venting, you know, there's even moments of panic. These are all really real emotions that real people are feeling. It's important to acknowledge how you're feeling in this moment. Name the emotions without shame. Know that they are normal, acknowledge them, and then use them as information to move forward. Our goal is to seek out real solutions to real problems. None of us want to live in those feelings of frustration, overwhelm, and unhappiness. Please know that if the sources of your overwhelm stem from childcare, money, food, or job concerns, I wish I had the resources to immediately help you and calm your mama heart. I hope that there are friends, family, and local resources that you can reach out to for help. I don't think it's too early to start accepting offers for help from school boards, food banks, churches, local organizations, and people who have been posting on social media that they want to be there for you. Believe them, use them, lean into your community. This truly is turning into a time of coming together, even while we're apart in our own homes. Okay, let's get into it. Schools are closed. You need help teaching your kiddos. You're here for answers, tips, tricks, schedules, and resources. Here are my top 14 tips for parents who are finding themselves doing all of life at home with their kids, including educating them. Number one, don't try to recreate the classroom. 
Home education is not about recreating the school classroom at home. It doesn't need to look like your child sitting at a desk with their head down over a worksheet or even at a table with a chair. It doesn't need to look like us hovering over them, telling them that they need to hurry up and finish now, which I have to tell you from my experience in all of my homeschool workshops, this is kind of the image that a lot of parents have in their mind. They're like, I just can't do that. And honestly, if our children could step into our heads at that moment in time, they'd probably say, yeah, I don't think I could do that either. So it's, it doesn't look like that homeschool home education doesn't have to look like worksheets at a desk with us hovering over them at all. And I'm not saying that that is what brick and mortar schools look like. So instead of saying public schools or private schools, I'm going to call them brick and mortar schools. So like buildings that your kids go to, you know, brick and mortar schools aren't necessarily like that. Not even kind of, I'm just sharing what other parents have shared with me about what they think homeschool might look like. That isn't what it's like or the setup where we should be aiming for, for everyone's sanity. It's really freeing to know that you can learn just about anywhere. The bed in my family, we call that bed schooling. There is nothing like jumping into bed together and reading or playing games or even doing those worksheets, you know, in bed um, together and just learning or watching a documentary bed schooling. Like I highly recommend it. Um, you can also homeschool on the couch or the floor or on a cozy cushion outside in the morning sunshine. You can do work at night using a flashlight or a lantern because it's fun and like an adventure. You can do it in the car. If you need to go anywhere, we call that car schooling podcasts are great for stuff like that. You can complete your work in the yard at the park. If that's allowed in your area under your favorite trees, snuggling with your favorite pet, you get the idea. So basically if you can let go of this notion that you suddenly have to recreate a classroom inside your home, ah, that is like such a breath of fresh air. There's so much freedom in knowing that you have that physical flexibility and you don't have to create necessarily a homeschool space in your home. If that doesn't suit your family. This forced at home time is stressful enough without changing a child's whole world. You know, school has taken on a whole new form and now they're home. Their safe space has shifted as well. And we don't need to make one look or feel like the other home is home. You know, use your home the way you normally would, but with some schoolwork added in number two, create your own schedule. I've seen a lot of parents asking homeschool parents for sample schedules that they can follow. I think that's a great idea and a way to gather ideas that you can try with your family, you know, but don't try to copy those to a T and expect something that works for one family to work for your family or really any other family. You know, I get it. It would be really nice to just copy something that works but there isn't a one size fits all schedule for every family, kid, grade level, etc. Some people are night owls. Some focus better in the morning. You have to find your own groove. Knowing that will help you get into it a little bit faster. So if you asked for sample schedules or came up with your own, approach this as if it's the first draft. This is you and your family trying it on for size. If it doesn't work, you have not failed. Let me say that again. If you come up with a schedule and it doesn't work, that is not a failure. 
that is just trial and error. You've learned. So you analyze it, figure out what worked and what didn't and make adjustments from there. There is no perfect schedule and it's okay if your schedule varies from day to day during this temporary time. That's a bigger overview, but I know many of you are here for that schedule. You want pragmatic advice. So while you're coming up with your schedule, know that you don't have to keep school hours, like not even kind of nowhere does it say that you have to start at 8am and end at 3pm. You don't need to section off 25 or 45 minutes for one subject, the way brick and mortar schools do, you know, you might find that your kid can complete a day's work in an hour or less, and that is totally okay. You don't have to force them to keep going just to quote unquote, stay ahead, or you have this idea in your head that school has to be an all day thing because your kid could get really burnt out really quickly. And so could you, but on the flip side, if your kid is super into it and wants to keep going, I say, go for it. If that feels right, your kid feels motivated in the moment, by all means go with that energy. That's part of the flexibility of home education. You don't have to put your pressure, this pressure on yourself or your child to keep going if they're done and you don't have to stop them if they want to keep going. Know that this schedule also doesn't have to look like Monday through Friday. You can do this seven days a week, um, or you can take days off. So I know that it's like the first Monday where parents are feeling pressure to show up and start school right away. Ooh, I advise you to step back, take a deep breath, take that pressure off yourself and your kids and just spend a day or two or a week or two, even, you know, trying to figure out what you guys need for your family right now. And honestly, with all of the chaos and all of the panic and all of the hype, you know, that might look like a week of decompression and just know if that is what your family needs, that is totally okay mental health, physical health, all of that is absolutely paramount when creating your schedule. So take the pressure off yourself. Truly, it takes a lot less time. If you think about it, brick and mortar schools, the days are so long because a lot of that is crowd management. You know, it's making time for bathroom breaks and moving 25 students from here to here to here to here to here and getting them set up. So a lot of those hours are actually spent in transition in between things. So you can actually just Take a breather. No, it's totally normal to not have to just fill the entire day with only education. Make sure there's plenty of downtime and self-care in there too. Tip number three, time block. This is the real life time hack of many work at home moms who also homeschool. Time blocking involves setting aside chunks of time to complete certain tasks so that you can be totally focused on that one task in the moment. So if you're new, temporary home setup includes meals, work, chores, and now homeschool. Instead of everything overlapping, which can add to the overwhelm, you can set aside blocks of time for each one individually. For example, I need to work me time, work, homeschool, meals, chores, meetings, and reading into my day. My plan of action includes me waking up early and working by myself for two or two and a half hours before my kids wake up. So that's me time. Plus I get a couple cups of hot coffee and plus I get my work done. 
at that time. So those things kind of do overlap, which, which works out well. Then when I'm done working, I, that work block is done. And then I go upstairs and pay attention to my kids and really focus in on them. Work is done. I try to leave it downstairs. So then we focus on homeschool after breakfast, um, because we've discovered that everyone actually has better attention spans first thing in our family after eating and before TV. So if I can get those three things to line up, our homeschool day usually goes a little bit easier, you know, first thing work, make sure everyone's fed and make sure everyone hasn't zoned out into TV yet. Cause it tends to make my young kids a little bit irritable. So we do the homeschool. We do what we need to do in the morning. We used to socialize during that time, but we're taking a little break from that. And then after lunch, I work again. So TV goes on or a babysitter comes over. Not sure what that's going to look like during this time, but that's usually what happens. So then now I'm back to that block of time that's dedicated to work. And then we have outside time after that, including taking care of our small farm and our animals and then dinner after that, and then reading at bedtime. And then we're pretty much done. So that is a, an example of my time blocking schedule. That's really loose. It's really flexible. If homeschool is over really quickly, then maybe we'll push, you know, outside time up a little bit more. Um, if it's going long and they're super enjoying it, maybe we'll just homeschool, through lunch while we eat sandwiches, you know, just there's a million and one ways you could do it. But basically the trick is to separate out work and then homeschool time for your kids as much as you can so that you can be present because I think you'll find that you actually get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time if you can be present during those blocks of time. So all of those things in my day wouldn't really be a lot of fun if they were overlapping constantly. That's where the frustration starts to come in. So it's good for me to be able to say, nope, that part of my day is done. I'm moving on to the next instead of overlapping them because then the transitions get ugly for me personally. That's just something I've learned about myself. But instead, when it's blocked out and spread out like that, it's easier to give myself permission to be present for one thing at a time, which is a real struggle for someone who loves to work, work, work like I do. But I make it happen and um, I show up as best I can in those time blocks. Tip number four, school is supposed to be doable. The subjects, the worksheets, the games, the projects, all of it is supposed to feel doable to you and your child. Many of us come from brick and mortar education backgrounds ourselves. And a common notion that I see new homeschool parents hold on to is this idea that if the lessons aren't hard or a huge challenge, then your child isn't learning. And I'm just going to go ahead and give you permission to let go of that idea. Curriculum is designed to guide children along at an age appropriate pace while lightly challenging them. That's how natural growth works. It's slow and well thought out. Schoolwork doesn't have to feel heavy and burdensome to count as learning. Coming back to this thought has helped me time and time again, even as an experienced homeschool mom. So if you're starting to feel like it's not enough, Take a deep breath, step back and think about the fact that school is supposed to be doable and we don't have to be overwhelmed in order to be learning. Tip number five, alternate activities. I highly recommend that you pay attention to the rhythm of your day and your child's day, you know, start off with a big activity and then a small one, and then go back to a big one and then a small one 
or a quiet activity than a loud one, quiet, loud, quiet, loud, an inside activity than an outside activity, inside than outside, a physical activity than a mental one, then physical than mental. I mean, you get the idea. Moving back and forth between these notions keeps children from getting too pent up from mental quiet, small inside activities back to back to back, because if they do that quiet, 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 and don't have an outlet, it's just going to end in an explosion. I mean, just a, an example for non-quarantine time. Um, it's like if I ask my kids to sit at the table for breakfast, and then I ask them to sit in the car on the way to town, and then I ask them to sit in the cart, and then by then it's lunchtime, and I ask them to sit at the lunch table, there is going to be an explosion at that lunch table because they have been asked to be quiet, 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 instead of expressing their natural child, human energy, and chances are really high that we're just going to have an explosion at that lunch table. And of course, while we're out in public, I'm sure. <laughs> so just paying attention to that and allowing your children to ping pong back and forth between the quiet, loud, the mental, physical, the big, small, all of that will really help you with your day. It's just a really practical way to loosely structure your homeschool day. If you don't want to come up with a color coded chart, if you will. Tip number six, keep records. Your child will be learning whether they are provided worksheets, projects, goals, formal tasks, or not. Whatever it is they are doing, the worksheets or just flipping through a book on their own or helping you make dinner, write those things down. Record keeping doesn't have to be fancy. You can literally keep a list in your phone or write down all, you know, learning quote unquote learning in a notebook, you know, this might be a great time to pull out that journal that's been sitting on your shelf for a while. And why do I suggest record keeping? Well, for three really big purposes. Number one, if you're asked to show your child's progress or what you've been working on during this temporary time, you'll have it. It'll be right there. All the information you know, the second thing is it will help you see learning in a whole new light because truly your child being outside and climbing or playing imaginary games or painting or watching a documentary or using an educational app or reading or helping you cook all count as learning. If they are engaging in any activity where their brain is expanding and processing new information, which is pretty much a child's entire day, that is learning. And writing all of this down will help you see just how much your child is taking in and processing and learning, and it will help you get closer to these feelings of you're doing enough. And the third reason to keep records is it will help you find your groove that I mentioned earlier, you know, in your records, you can include times if you wanted to subjects or quotes that your kids are saying or observations that you have, you know, play counts as much as the worksheets, chores count as much as the projects include everything. And when you do your heart and mind will start to ease that guilt of, are we doing enough will start to disappear as you realize what many longtime homeschool mamas already know, all of life is learning. Tip number seven, give grace and then some more grace. <laughs> know that there is a learning curve for everyone involved in this situation. This whole experience is new to you and your child. 
this relationship dynamic of mom child has now expanded to teacher student, you know, be open about how new it is for you and them. Be honest with them about the basic truths of this situation. This is new. This is intense. This is scary. This is an opportunity. This is unique. This is temporary. It makes it easier to give grace to yourself and your child if you're honest and open about how it is you're feeling. A lot of moms will ask me, you know, how do you know when to put on your mom hat or your teacher hat? You know, and how do you go back and forth between the two? My advice is to always default to the heart centered role that you already know the role of mom. So when in doubt, put on your mom hat and, and work from there, teach from there because your relationship with your child is paramount here. It is the most important thing and the upheaval of everything doesn't have to change or cloud that relationship. So give yourself permission to be a mom first, give yourself grace and space to be that first. This is a challenging time and we don't need to make it more challenging on purpose. Take care of yourself. If that means you lie down for a few moments, a few times a day, because of all the stress, do that. You know, if it means you need to lie down 10 times a day, do that too. Practically speaking, get the care you need sleep in. If your family could use some more sleep, play games. If you need connection or lightness or some fun eat, if you're hungry, take a movie night on the couch, take 10 movie nights, shower, drink water, bake together, read aloud, do what needs to be done to soothe your nerves and your family's nerves and bring love to the forefront. And yes, when you're learning and working from home, you have the option to stop, give grace in the moment, receive grace in the moment and come back to love first. It's actually one of the big, 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 big perks of working from home and educating your kids from home. You always have that option to stop, take a deep breath and come back to that relationship and the connection with your child first. This is also the point where I need to tell you that you're probably going to lose your shit. (laughs) Just, I mean, a few times, this is all new. It's all very stressful. It's a lot to try to constantly remain in a state of grace. It's impossible even for those of us who try so, so, so very hard and even talk about it like me right now. I mean, true story. I lost it just today. But I, you know, I was able to rein it in, but I was trying to get a work project done. And one of my little kids was being the loudest she could possibly be. And for some reason I forgot she was a little kid acting like a little kid. And I wanted her to be less of a little kid so that I could adult, you know, and in hindsight, my expectations were way out of proportion. And plus I was hungry and I needed to eat. If I'm being totally honest, you know, that's not an excuse. That's me being honest with myself. That's me extending grace, owning up to what I brought to the table and learning from that moment without beating myself up. You know, my husband extended me grace in that moment too, by helping me see that my expectations were disproportionate. Let's say he then asked me what it was I really needed. Did I actually need her to be quiet or was it something else? And it was totally something else. I needed to eat. I needed to walk away from that project that was quickly sputtering out because I was so hungry and eat so that I could come back to it recharged and ready. 
I also let my daughter know that I needed to eat. And that's why I sounded irritated. She totally understood and said, let's go get some lunch then mom. And the day got instantly better. That is the power of grace. Tip number eight, go outside a lot. You can do worksheets outside. You can do projects outside. You can take your laptop outside, read aloud outside, or just let your kids blow off some steam and burn some energy with zero agenda, just playing. You know, you can do that too. I find that when I'm feeling tense from too much computer work, but I still need to get work done. It's best if I take my laptop outside and let the kids play in the yard where I can see them and work at the same time. We all feel a little lighter almost instantly. Nature is so healing. It's rejuvenating and refreshing. How fortunate we are that spring is arriving for many of us. Go outside, notice what's happening in the natural world around you. It will get you out of your head for a moment and it gets the kids out of the house and bonus. It's also learning. So make sure you write that down on your record sheet. Tip number nine, resources are all around you. If a subject seems too hard or complex for you and, or your child, look it up or ask for help. Ask other parents, look on YouTube, ask your child's teacher for a resource, or honestly, just skip it. That's my own personal opinion. I know that not every parent or teacher might agree with it, but my thinking is that if there is a math problem or science or literature concept that is beyond both of you in this moment, given all the circumstances, skip it. You're already stressed out. Your kid is already stressed out. And if you're reaching out and research still isn't giving you answers or it, maybe it's making it worse, give yourself guilt-free permission to move on. That lesson will come. It might just have to come from the teacher in person later on, or be revisited at a later date at home. And that's totally okay. You do not have to be everything to everyone. You don't have to know every subject. You don't have to get it all right. You're juggling so much more than that puzzling question on a paper that you just can't figure out. Take care of yourself, your kids, your mental health, your nerves, and your family move on without guilt. If that is what is going to serve you best in this moment. If your child's school hasn't provided you with any materials or online options yet, but you still want to keep your child's learning going, I actually have a few suggestions for you. You don't need to go out and buy a formal curriculum. First of all, especially for this temporary time, there are so many other options you could do that actually probably involve resources that you already have in your house. So my first tip in that situation is do a unit study of sorts. Let your child choose a topic or concept that they're really interested in and do a deep dive, watch documentaries about it, read books about it, do an online search for projects. Pinterest is, you know, I think Pinterest is going to come in strong during this time, um, especially for the little kids and all the different art and craft and project activities you can do for picture books you know, the possibilities are endless and your child's imagination might just catch fire. And that would be a really positive start to your temporary homeschool adventure together. Another thing you can do is read together, read aloud. Even if your child is old enough to read on their own, the benefits of reading aloud will amaze you. This is a whole other topic, but if you want to dive into that a little more, I suggest you go to readaloudrevival.com. I'll link to that in the show notes. 
Another option is to lean into your online resources, apps, podcasts, documentaries, games, workbooks, worksheets. There is a ton you can look at, print out, read, interact with. There are just so many options online. So if you're out of ideas and have access to the internet um, or your phone, that could be a great option in the interim as well. Lean into offline options. You know, I don't know if libraries are still going to be open by the time this podcast comes out, but um, if they are, you know, try to stock up on library books or read books that you have in your house. You know, other offline options are to play board games and card games. Those are actually really powerful. And in the homeschool community, we call this game schooling because there are so many skills and so much learning involved in games and not to mention all the fun that can be had too. And because I know that you want practical and actual names of other support, I've put together a list for you that I will also link to in the show notes. Some of my favorite homeschool resources are Blossom and Root. Um, They are a curriculum company that focuses in early childhood and early elementary year education. They are offering some awesome support right now. And so many homeschool groups are. I mean, I wish you guys could see the behind the scenes pooling of ideas that we're just all trying to come together and present you with as many resources as possible. So um, reach out to your homeschool friends if you have any um, or send me a DM and I'll try to uh, send you some information or, or answer questions for you. But Blossom and Root is awesome. Oak Meadow is awesome. They're another homeschool curriculum company I'm very familiar with. Um, look up homeschool curriculums and go to their website. See if they're offering anything um, during this time. Julie Bogart's Brave Writer curriculum is super awesome too. She also has a podcast and a curriculum, um, plus her book, The Brave Learner, which I super appreciate. Wild and Free is a homeschool support community. Um, Their Instagram is awesome and inspiring, and I think it could bring you a lot of peace and ideas during this crazy time. They also have a podcast. Read Aloud Revival is awesome. I just mentioned it before. They have a podcast and a website and a support group. Um, Really lean into them for all things literature, language arts, reading, reading aloud, family time, connection. They even have some awesome episodes on helping you understand how children process um, books as well. So if you're reading aloud and you find that your children are ping-ponging around the room and you think they might be listening, um, Read Aloud Revival has some awesome insight into that. You know, there are also podcasts for kids, um, some of our favorites, and I'll keep in mind we do have littles, but there are podcasts for kids of every age. Our current favorites are Big Life Kids, um, But Why, Molly of Denali, The Two Princes, and Earth Rangers. My favorite podcast for adults as another resource is Wellness Mama. Katie Wells is a homeschool mom. Brave Writer, which is by Julie Bogart, who has the book and the curriculum and all that. Wild and Free has an awesome podcast with short, doable episodes. I also like Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, um, if you're looking for peace during this time. Read Aloud Revival, as I mentioned. Unruffled is Janet Lansbury's podcast. She has some awesome parenting advice um, and unruffled 
the spirit of that podcast is to help us parent from an unruffled state of mind, state of being. And yeah, it's helped me unruffle a little bit. Boy Mom by Monica Swanson is awesome. She's a homeschool mom of four boys. She also wrote the book Boy Mom. And it just, there's so many gems in there, whether you are a mom of boys or girls, it doesn't matter. She has so many gems in there as well. I also really appreciate The Purpose Show by Ali Casaza. She's a homeschool mom. And then also The Kate and Mike Show. Um, I get a lot of personal motivation from them as well as work motivation. Um, And then also the podcast Goal Digger um, for some work at home ideas and just business ideas and kind of keeping fresh and finding that balance between trying to take in all the homeschool information, but then also trying to grow in your business um, and your business and business life too. You know, I try to have a nice mix of not only homeschool information, but then podcasts or ideas or books that stimulate my mind just in general as well. Tip number 10, mindset is everything. This adventure, let's call it, is likely to be temporary. Remembering that can help. In those moments of overwhelm, come back to that thought. This is temporary. We can do this. The energy you bring to this arrangement is the one your kid will pick up on. Dread it and your child will dread it. Panic and they will panic. Think it will be impossible and it will be impossible. We are being called to tap into this extraordinary strength that we have as parents at this time. Do not underestimate the power of your mindset as the mom. You love your kids. They are some of your favorite people. This is extra time with your favorite people. Approaching this temporary situation from that angle as much as you can will help, I promise. There will be ups and downs. Normalize those for yourself and your kids. It's not going to be all snuggles on the couch with popcorn and a movie every day. I mean, you could try. That doesn't sound like a terrible goal, but it's also not going to be all tears all the time over a worksheet. There will be ups and downs. Let your child know this is normal, that this is temporary, and that you are going to ride this wave of ups and downs together. Just like I'm here saying to you, you are strong. You are capable. This is temporary. There will be ups and downs. Those are normal. We'll get through this together. Let your kids in on that same truth. They are strong. They are capable. This is temporary. There will be ups and downs. Those are normal and we'll get through them together. That's how we comfort each other during this time. That's how we support each other. It's a two-way street. Be the support and receive the support. When your thoughts start to spin out, which they will, come back to your truth. You are strong. When tensions are high, and they will be, come back to the idea that this will pass. When you're feeling like you're not enough, and we all do from time to time, know that you are, you are enough. This is hard, but learning is happening all day, every day. You're learning right now just by listening. Kudos to you. I mean, that's something to celebrate. You are putting in the time you are showing up, learning something new. That is, that is no small thing. And I applaud you. We'll move through the downs together. We'll enjoy the ups together because mindset shift, you are strong. You are capable. This is temporary. 
There will be ups and downs. These are normal and we'll get through them together. Tip number 11, lean into the process. This is a panicky time. There are a lot of unknowns. There are some big, big, big implications from being asked to stay at home. Small businesses and big businesses are like are taking a hit and we are all feeling it. Taking a little bit of time each day to zone in and teach your child. I mean, you could also say learn alongside your child could be viewed as a much needed break from this panic. It's you turning off the world and tuning into your child. It's okay to give in to that notion to reframe this task of educating your child at home as a bit of an escape rather than just yet another burden. I know this notion won't speak to everybody, but it might be the permission slip that some need. And that's why I mention it. Tip number 12, lean into your school's resources. There are many teachers and schools who are trying their best to provide their students with info, tasks, projects, and tips. Every school and every classroom's expectations are going to look a little bit different. Don't be afraid to step up and ask questions, read the materials they are providing, and talk with other parents from your child's class. If you find yourself floundering and start to feel all alone on this journey, that is your cue to reach out. Don't stay at home by yourself feeling unsure. I mean, stay home, stop feeling unsure. Please reach out. There is no shame in needing help. We all need help from time to time. And this feels like one of those times where we all need help in some way, shape or form. And you are never alone. There is a whole world of parents in your position to lean into, learn alongside and support you. Tip number 13, communicate with your school community, be in contact with your child's teacher, the school district, the school itself, not only use them for the resources and information they can provide, but also be honest with them in your communications. If schooling at home is feeling like just too much, you're having technical difficulties, your work is taking up all of your time out of necessity, your nerves are fried, you need food resources, childcare is proving impossible, basically anything that is preventing you from keeping up with the work, tell them, be honest. This situation we're in is going to look different for every family. The point of this time off from school truly is about the health of people. And if you're at home with your child, you are probably needing to work too. Stress levels are high. Your number one priority is your family. If you find yourself in a situation where that priority is conflicting with the home education part of all of this, take a deep breath focus on your family and be honest about your need to do that. Of all of my teacher friends I've talked with during this time, there is not one who has expressed anything but that deep understanding and empathy for the need of families to put themselves and their children first at this time. There might not be a balance to it all that feels good, but health comes first, including mental health. Keeping your family afloat, a roof over your head and food on the table is paramount. And I truly believe that all teachers and school systems will understand this. If the amount of schoolwork you are being asked to complete is too much and a burden on your family, speak up and let the teacher or school know. 
If you feel like they haven't been given enough or you feel under-resourced, politely let them know that too. Chances are high they're just scrambling to get things together like the rest of us. And this is where grace gets to come in again. And the very last tip I have for you is take care of yourself. Reframe this time together inside your home. Think of this as an opportunity to connect with your family and a time when you can learn too. What projects have you been wanting to start or finish? What book have you wanted to read forever? What podcasts have you wanted to catch up on? Now's the time. Home education isn't just about workbooks or to-do lists that center around your kids. It's about your education too. Take the time to dive into something for you, knowing that your efforts will not go to waste. First of all, your kids are watching. And if you're leading slash teaching by example, that's, that's a really good thing. It's you finding stress relief. It's you completing a task from start to finish. Even if it's just organizing that cupboard that you've been meaning to clean out for years, it's a really awesome thing to model the completion of a task from start to finish for your kids. It's you finally pursuing your passion project of gardening by planting the seeds that have, that have been sitting in the drawer. You know, they might not sprout. They might either way. It counts as science. Write it down. My last pro tip from this experienced homeschool mom. If you want your kids to be interested in learning, you have to be interested in learning. Nothing brings kids to the table faster than a mom silently sitting down to do her own project. They will come out of nowhere to find out what it is you're doing, why you haven't told them about it and how they could possibly be involved. You know what, mama, you can do this. I know you can. Moms are some of the strongest, most compassionate, caring people. I know we were made to do hard things. And this is one of those hard things. We were designed to thrive in community. And this is a time when our community is coming together. You are not alone in this unique time. We're all winging it while rising to the occasion. You can do this. You are enough. Be kind to yourself and your children. Be gentle with yourself and your children. Come back to what is most important, the health and safety of your family. You've got this. If you have any other questions or topics or issues about homeschool or working from home or how to balance all of this that weren't answered in this episode, please feel free to send me those over DM on social media. I'm on Instagram at Lori Beth Aldridge, or you can fill out the form on my website at elevatingmotherhood.com. Um, I am happy to be here for you, answer as many questions as I can. I do plan to publish another episode later on this week, answering a lot of the frequent listener questions I've been getting during this scramble here. Um, I will try my best to answer as many as I can. So stay tuned later this week for another episode that is a little less formal, a little less tips and more just answering questions. And if you want your question included, Like I said, please DM me or fill out the form online. I am so proud of you for taking this on. I know it's hard, but I also know we can do this together. Aloha. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration or maybe a little of both. 
If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.